This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. I'm Brian Goldfinger from Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. We'd like to wish you and your family a happy and a safe holiday season. Everyone here at my law firm hopes that you don't need our services, especially this time of year. Visit goldfingerlaw.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Loom, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors defeated the Orlando Magic on a game winner by Danny Green. That's right, the most unlikely player on the team, perhaps, to get a game winner. Uh, Danny Green sinks one, I think it was like a 15-footer, 12-footer, some short jump shot uh, on the baseline uh, with 2.4 seconds left. The Raptors inbound to him, he hits the jumper. And the Raptors beat the Orlando Magic by a score of ninety-three to ninety-one on the road at uh, I don't what what is the arena called nowadays Amway Center, the uh, the DeVos family's uh, haunted house. I mean I, I don't know the the DeVos family is not a very uh, esteemed group, but regardless, um, yeah I mean look it was a tight game for sure. Uh, you would argue that it shouldn't have been that tight. I would say it was a very frustrating game just because the Raptors kind of have the same issue over and over again, which is that they can't shoot threes. Like, it is just, it's comical at this point. It really is. Um, the Raptors had uh, nine threes on 34 attempts, which comes out to 26%. The Raptors, uh, dating back to, you know, last Monday, have shot 48 of 163 from three. Now, you're just not going to win in the modern NBA uh, shooting like that from three. And it's not a surprise that the Raptors lost three of those games and won two of them. Uh, They shot better against Chicago, but, I mean, again, like I mentioned that Chicago podcast, that was basically a G League team that they were playing against. Um, Seriously, they have 56 points through three quarters. Um, So the Raptors have really struggled with their three ball, and that's basically... You know, not the only reason, because I think defensively they're a little bit suspect, and obviously they could have improved their, you know, late game execution against Boston and against, uh, you know, Detroit as well. But really, it's a three ball, and the Raptors, you know, tonight got out to a great start. Um, were really focused and energized. I thought they really responded well to, um, you know, a, a practice uh, on Monday. Uh, they come out today. They, they were really spirited. I think one of the things we were talking about um, throughout. In practice, and you know, when you watch those post game interviews, um, all of them came out talking about execution and, and, uh, and communication. Communication was so so important to the Raptors, and like I could see why, you know, like they got to talk, they really have to talk. Like when you lose a game like that to the Pistons, where Reggie Bullock gets free right under the basket because nobody talked and called out the switches, like you know, that comes down to execution, and those are, and it comes down to communication. and 
you know, one thing leads to the other. And I think communication has just not quite been there defensively for the Raptors. Um, they have it in spurts, and they have great moments. And I think the Raptors are actually have done pretty well defensively all season. I think they were six heading into this game, and after this performance, you would think you'd probably improve up to fifth or something like that. Um, I'll have to double-check the numbers. But still, the Raptors were, you know, pretty solid defensively, I thought, for most of the game. Like Nick Nurse said after the game, they played solid defense for three quarters. The first quarter, Orlando Magic shot. Uh, 5 of 17 for 17 points. Second quarter, 20 points, you know. And the fourth quarter, they only had 16 points, in which point uh, the Magic opened the quarter, I think, shooting 1 of 11 with a couple of turnovers there too. And so the Raptors, you know, defensively were solid, except for the third quarter where I thought they really came apart defensively. Um, And I think, again, the culprit there is lack of communication, right? Because what they kept getting burned on were off-ball screens. And the biggest key to guarding off-ball screens is being able to communicate that people know where everyone is so that no one sort of overreacts and overhelps or, you know, even worse, underhelps and someone gets a clear lane to the bucket or open three. And that's basically what happened in the third quarter when the Magic had 38 points. But, um, you know, defensively, I think the Raptors are really solid. And, again, you got to credit Nick Nurse a little bit in this win. Um, a, for the play calling at the end, which I'll get into that in a second. But, B, just, like, you know, really using his team sort of effectively and correctly. And I think... Um, you know, tonight, no OG Ananobi really does strain their ability to play small. OG is really important for that, even though he's on the bench right now. But the Raptors don't have a lot of power forward options, and they really need OG to um, sort of maintain their spacing while also, um, you know, staying small and switchy. And so no OG today. Um, you know, CJ remains out, although he looks close. You know, when you watch him in the practice videos and stuff, he looks kind of close. But we'll see uh, what happens tomorrow in Atlanta. Uh, and obviously Norm remains out with the shoulder thing. He's going to be out for a while. But, uh, yeah, the Raptors were short, and so they had to rely on guys like Lorenzo Brown, who came through with eight points and two threes. Again, if anybody hits a three on the Raptors, that's a good game for me because this whole team can't shoot. Um, And, you know, the the Raptors kind of had to really play some funky lineups. You know, Siakam played a lot with the bench, which I think was a good idea. Um, you know, Kawhi played a lot with the bench. I thought that was a good idea. Like, again, you need to stagger some of those guys into the bench right now just to keep them afloat because of how many injuries the bench is, uh, you know, dealing with. Um, but also, like, you saw, like, some JV and Ibaka minutes. Partially that was because, you know, if Siakam got into foul trouble guarding Aaron Gordon um, and, you know, Siakam had five fouls early in the fourth quarter, and so the Raptors went very small with Danny Green along with three point guards and Lowry, um, Brown, and I think Van Vliet. And then, you know, they decided, okay, we got to put Ibaka in at four. And I thought Ibaka actually did pretty well. I think he defended Gordon better than Siakam did. Just because, you know, Gordon, as much as he could shoot the three, and he did hit two threes today, he mostly is an interior player. And he basically relies on, you know, over like out-muscling dudes. And Ibaka is just straight up bigger than him, and he's not really able to go past Ibaka. I thought Ibaka also did a good job defensively rebounding the ball um, in the fourth quarter there with him and Valanciunas. Obviously, this is not a very common look, and I think this is only the second time the Raptors have done it all season, but, you know, it's it worked. And, you know, you got to credit Nick Nurse for basically playing with the rotation because, again, it is tough when you have a really short deck. And, and honestly, it's also tough when you have no wiggle room because you can't hit a three. Wide open threes, you just the Raptors just couldn't hit them. Um, and then, yeah, so let's go to the last play. Um, the last play... Um, you know, the Magic tied it at 91 all um, with about 2.4 seconds left. Um, they inbounded the ball to Fournier. And again, I think it maybe it was a bit of lack of communication because nobody uh, was there to help. But Danny Green played up really tight against uh, Fournier. Fournier was able to turn the corner, basically drive in for a two-handed dunk. Nobody helped in the rim. Again, 
communication could be a lot better. And after the game, they talked about needing to improve communication. Um, but still, so tie game. The Raptors got the ball back 2.4 seconds. Nick Nurse calls timeout. There's a lot of jokes being made on Twitter about, oh, my God, it's going to be an ISO Kawhi. It is not an ISO Kawhi. In fact, they set up a nice play, right? And I think maybe the short clock scenario really helped. But apparently the Raptors also really worked on this play um, during practice. That's all they would talk about after the game. Kyle, Danny, you know, uh, Nick Nurse, they all talked about working on this play recently in practice. And uh, it's good. It's good to know that their focus is on late-game execution because, again, that kind of came to bit, uh, bite them in the ass, you know, against uh, Detroit and against Boston. But uh, basically, set up the play. So Kyle inbounding the ball from the sideline. Um, Danny Green in the opposite corner. Uh, you know, Fred VanVleet in the near corner. Um, and then Serge and Kawhi sort of in the elbows, like like a horns almost scenario, right? Um so, again, it's visualizing the play is probably not the greatest thing. He's probably just go watch the highlight. But uh, Fred, you know, cuts, you know, along the baseline, really spaces out one corner. And then Danny Green comes from up top in the corner and then curls around two screens, first by Surge, which really, really got him a lot of separation. And then a second sort of lighter screen by Kawhi. Um, and basically, you know, Danny was open along the baseline. And uh it was it was a good play for many senses i think one like first off like you always catch a guy by surprise if you have someone standing out that far um and then for him to cut around two screens it is just a lot of opportunities for an experienced shooting guard to be able to lose this man get separation and get a good shot and that's what ultimately happened and you know the raptors won based on that shot but if you look at the, the construct of that play, like Kawhi was also able to come around a screen by Surge, and he was wide open. So Kyle had two options: basically, Danny for a short shot on the baseline, and Kawhi wide open for three. And I, I don't think he could have gone wrong either case. Apparently, uh, Nick Nurse said the first option was to go to Danny. Um, I'm a little bit confused because I would think the first option would be to go to Kawhi because Kawhi was also wide open. But regardless, good execution by the Raptors. Uh, it's a clear, clear case of practice, you know, paying off. And they were able to execute and to get the win. And the Magic, you know, had no time left to basically respond. And so the Raptors won on that shot. It was um, very exciting, for sure. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Again, I was also praying that this game was not going overtime because, uh, you know, I was already late to playing soccer with Zarrar. Uh, shout out Zarrar, of course. Um, and, yeah, if I've gone into overtime, I don't know. I'm, I might have uh, not been able to go and, uh, you know, see my boy. But still, regardless, like... Raptors got the win. Uh, it was a good performance defensively. Again, it's really the third quarter defense that really came apart. And I would really say it comes down to communication. Also, partially, like, it's becoming a little bit of a trend where if the Raptors have to defend an action off the ball where someone is curling around a big, that's dangerous. Um, so I'm thinking, like, Kyrie coming off of a Horford down screen. Or, like, um, you know, Etuan Moore coming off again, uh, Anthony Davis down screen. Like, and today it was uh, Fournier coming down of Vucevic down screen, where the big man in that scenario is versatile who can kind of step out for three or sort of roll to the bucket. And then there's a guard who is able to really navigate that screen well and either, you know, has a little short range game, like a floater to finish or can step outside and f- flare out and go for the three. Like, that's the play where the Raptors have really struggled against. And, and I've really noticed that. Um, you know, maybe to a lesser extent against Boston, because I think Kyrie mostly did his damage on the ball, but I think Tatum got a couple of shots that way, and definitely in the Pelicans game, they ran that play to death, and the Raptors couldn't guard it, and same thing here with, uh, in the third quarter, the Raptors just really couldn't, uh, you know, stay together on those, I don't think it's really a weakness of their defense, I think part of it is just, you know, uh, when you have a well-executed, you know, curl play, like, you're gonna have a slight two-on-one, um, 
and you know it's just good play design and at some point you just have to kind of hope that the defense will you know uh, be steady enough to force a miss but ultimately they're going to get a decent shot off in that scenario depending on the talent um, but also I just think that like um, I don't know the Raptors have been so good at sort of focusing on the initial pick and roll and tonight they were just I, I thought they were great defensively tonight every time they ran a middle pick and roll with like Vucevic or whatever you know they snuffed it out I mean Vucevic has been balling this season um, let me look up his exact stats one sec um, but I mean, he has basically been a light version of Nikola Jokic with his passing, with his playmaking. So, uh, yeah, Vucevic has been averaging 20 points per game this year, 11 rebounds, 3.6 assists, shooting 56% and 45% from three tonight. The Raptors did a great job of containing him man. 14 points, you know, got a lot of rebounds, but whatever, that's not a big deal. The Raptors missed a lot of shots. So he's going to get a lot of defensive rebounds, but 14 points on six of 12 shooting all three from deep, like you're thrilled with the way the Raptors defended Vucevic. You got to credit Ibaka and also JV. JV had a great defensive game today um, coming off the bench for 21 minutes. Um, probably his best of the season, actually. I was really impressed with the way JV was able to be disruptive. Um, but, yeah, the Raptors were able to shut down Vucevic. But I think part of that is uh, like they're so focused on guarding the big that they kind of let the guards really have their way. And it's a bit of an issue because, like, you know, there's a couple of dangerous guards that know how to play off a screen in, in the Eastern Conference. And uh, some of them are better than Vucevic and Fournier. You know, there's a combination called Embiid and Jimmy Butler. Uh, and they run a lot of curl plays or even JJ Redick and Embiid. Like, so I, th- I think it's something that the Raptors need to look at a little bit. Um, maybe just figure out how to balance between sort of uh, shutting down the big versus shutting down the guard. But these are all things that the Raptors you know, are going to work on. Again, this is a work in progress. All right? I'm very happy for us out the progress that the Raptors made with the ex- late game execution. Um, you know, for the for the fact that they were able to work on that play and then successfully execute it to win the game, it's it's perfect. That's exactly what you want to see. Um, but you know, um, you know, again, and there's also like two ways to look at this game. Like, okay, yeah, you probably should do better against the Magic for sure. But a, the Magic been tough. Like they were above 500 coming into this game. Um, but also like the Raptors just like it's hard to win in the modern NBA when you can't hit open shots. 9 of 34 from 3 is just, you should lose that game. And so for the Raptors to actually come through and execute and win based on on their defense, I'm I'm going to see some of the pauses right now because um you know you got to look at the positives sometimes. Anyway, in terms of the three stars for tonight's game, number 1 I'm going to give it to I'm going to give it to Danny. Give it to Danny. He was really clutch in the fourth quarter, hit two threes. Um you know, um uh, and then obviously the game winner. You hit the game winner, you get the number one star. We can make that a rule on the podcast. All right. So Danny Green, I mean, look, he had 13 points on five or 13 shooting, not his best night efficiency wise. And honestly, he kind of got cooked by Fournier a little bit. But again, you hit the game winner, no complaints. You get the you you, you get the first star. Second star, I'm going to give it to. I mean, it's tough because it's not not that many people. You know what? Actually. I'm going to give it to JV. JV had a really nice defensive game, man. Eight points, six rebounds, four of eight shooting off the bench, 0 of two from three. I wish he could start hitting those threes, but I just thought defensively he was great. Like, he really did disrupt a lot of things, and I'm the first one to criticize JV about his defense, and so if he plays well in defense, I got to be the first one to credit him as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, two steals as well. I don't think that really truly uh, captures how impactful he was defensively. Um, just, I mean, look, the, the Magic bench is no you know, great shakes or whatever, like aside from some random Jonathan Isaac jumpers, um, you know, they, they weren't really doing much, but, 
Um, a lot of that was because JV was shutting down the pick and roll game. Like Simmons was driving into them. Simmons was zero points, zero of four sh- shooting. He's been struggling all year, but definitely struggled today. Bomba really couldn't get off that much. You know, seven points in fourteen minutes, two of three shooting. Like you're fine with a backup center scoring seven points. Jerry Grant one for four. Terrence Ross, our boy, four points, two of ten shooting. Thank you, Terrence Ross, still playing for the Raptors tonight. Um, definitely helping with a four point one rebound, one assist performance. I've I've been there with Terrence before. Um, but yeah, JV was solid defensively. So you know what? Second star to JV and uh, third star. I'll give it to Serge. Yeah, uh, the fact that Serge had four assists is just is giving me life, really, um, because that means a Serge passed the ball four times, and b that you know he actually made good reads. And um, yeah, I mean, fourteen points, nine rebounds, four assists, seven to fifteen shooting, zero or three from deep. I'm a little bit worried about the three ball from Ibaka. I don't think he's working on the three ball as much this year. Like anytime you go to practice or whatever, like. He is working on his finishing, and you see it. The progress is definitely there. He's finishing way better than, than last season. He's shooting like something like eighty percent on layups and dunks. Last year was like sixty, um, so that's great. You definitely want to see him play more inside. But yeah, I mean, the mid range jumper is still there. It's just his three ball is not uh, there, and that's part of the issue. Is the Raptors could probably use a bit more three point shooting from uh, their their big men. I mean, Kawhi shot one to three, which is not great for him. Pascal zero for two. You know, Pascal still had 7 of 11 shooting for 15 points and 9 rebounds and an assist, a steal, a block, you know, that's that's Pascal. But, yeah, you, you need more shooting from Serge. You might need a little bit of shooting from JV. And you just need shooting, man. And you need shooting off the bench, man. Like, Fred, I'm worried about Fred, man. I'm really worried about Fred. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, it goes to Evan Fournier. 27 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, 11 of 20 shooting, 4 of 9 from 3. Um, the only thing I would say about Fournier is, uh, first off, A, I didn't know he was part Algerian, but I guess that's common for a lot of French people to be part Algerian, um, especially if you've watched the World Cup. Um, but also, bro, Evan Fournier, you got to stop fading your hair. You're, you're just balding. Like, that's not a fade. That's that's nature telling. That's nature putting a fade on your head, man. Just shave that thing, please. Like, it, it's it's looking tough. And the weird thing is, you know, because, like, yeah, men start losing hair. You know, I start losing hair. It is what it is. But, like, at a certain point, you got to really just put the foot down and be like, like I just got to pick it. That's it. That's it. And uh, Fournier, man, tough, tough. We're getting cooked by a bald man. It is what it is. But uh, looking like Zidane, actually, fellow Algerian, um, with that with that, <laughs> that baldness. But uh, good job, Evan Fournier, with that, uh, with that game. Serious, serious. I mean, I... I you know, I, I'm I, I've been really impressed by him this season, and I, I'm really curious to see if uh, he ends up somewhere. Um, you know, because he he would be a decent bench addition for a lot of teams. Like he would be dangerous on uh, the 76ers, for example. But uh, you know, at, at, for the moment, he, he's in uh, he's uh, he, he's in Orlando, which is nice. Stay in Orlando. I'm I'm, I'm chill with him in Orlando, but. Uh, that's a good pick by Masai, too, by the way. A really good pick back when uh, he was in Denver. Masai picked him. Uh, good call. You know, Fournier is really developing a nice player. So I think that's those for the podcast. Um, you know, as always, read 10 things on Twitter. Listen to the Talking Raptors podcast. Listen to all the podcasts on RR. Um, read all the RR content. We got so much good stuff these days. Uh, and, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow to recap the Hawks game. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. 
Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York.